If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, we answer fitness and health questions. People As who, always. who want to know how to get leaner, build more muscle, do exercises better, live healthier lives. Uh, but we also had some fun introductory conversation. That was for the first 41 minutes. This is where we cover current events, talk about what's happening in our lives. Sometimes we mention our sponsors. Here's what went on in today's episode of Mind Pump. We started by talking about Paul Saladino and Terry Walls. They had a nice uh, discussion on a podcast. Paul Saladino is the yeah. doctor Meat versus veggies. advocates wow. for carnivore. Uh, Dr. Terry Walls uh, It was the famous doctor who was able to reverse her multiple sclerosis through eating lots of different types of vegetables. So it was a good discussion. That led me to talk about mixing Organifi's green juice with Organifi's nootropic pure. When I mix them together, it makes my brain tingle. Mm. It makes me a better podcaster. About 10 minutes in, it hits. Boom. In, in fact, if you listen to the podcast, it's actually 29 minutes. You can tell when it kicked in. Pay attention. Excuse me. Anyway, Organifi is one of our sponsors, and we have a 20% off discount for you. That's a massive discount. Uh, so here's what you do. Go to Organifi.com forward slash mind pump and use the code mind pump for that discount. Then Justin talked about a new bar where people hang out and drink yeah. nootropics. Sounds like a lot of fun. <laughs> Not. Yeah, no alcohol, just nootropics. Uh, bet you nobody gets laid. No. Then I talked about the new Mir wine line. So they make these insulated bottles with decanters. That's a new word that I, I learned today. Yeah. And wine cups so you can travel with wine uh, in style. With ease. If you like to hike and get smashed, you got to check this out. Anyway, yeah, go to- I do. Go to mirror.com. That's M-I-I-R.com. Use the code MINDPUMP for 25% off your entire order. That's a quarter of the price gone. Go check it out. Then I talked about one of our uh, MAPS users. MAPS, of course, is our fitness programs. Kyle Frame, he used MAPS Split and got ridiculous results. Added over an inch to his arms. Yeah. Good job, buddy. Even neck gains. Then we talked about the Tesla copying crappy truck by Nikola. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, dude, slow your roll. Just kidding. Yeah. It's an awesome truck. Adam and Justin uh, like it more than the Tesla, but of course, I'm a Tesla fanatic. Yeah. Uh, then we talked about the it's Valentine's cooler. Day Burger King promotion. Get a free Whopper. Listen to the episode to find out how. I talked about how it's harder to get leaner nowadays, and we kind of speculate as to why that could be. And then I talked about the do the doctor in China who discovered the coronavirus, tried to uh, alarm the authorities, ended up dying as a result. That's hey, not cool. Dang. Then we got into the questions. Here's the first fitness question. What is the best plan of action for gluteal amnesia? That's not a real term, but what they're talking about is, look, my butt doesn't respond when I work out. How do I fix that? So we talk all about that. The next question, this person says, how do you feel about the daily practice booty. of doing things like 50 to 100 push-ups every single day? So we talk about the value of daily exercise, short daily workouts. The next question, this person says, hey, when I do deadlifts, should I do them until my hands and my grip fails? Or should I stop a couple reps before that? So we talk about failure, its benefits, and its detriments. And the final question, this person has externally rotated feet. That means their feet turn out like a duck, and they want to know how to fix that. So if that's you, listen to that part of the episode because we give you suggestions on how to not look so dorky. Affleck. Also, this month, MAPS Split, this is our six-day-a-week 
bodybuilding physique competitor, bikini competitor inspired program is 50% off. It's a hardcore workout routine, but it does produce phenomenal results. If you want to get your body to change, if you want to see muscles develop, if you want to build a faster metabolism so it's easier to get lean. I think you're talking to me. And you're hardcore. You don't mind going to the gym a lot. Get MAPS Split and get it now because it's 50% off. Here's how you get that discount. Go to MAPSSplit.com. That's M-A-P-S-S-P-L-I-T.com and use the code SPLIT50. That's S-P-L-I-T-5-0, no space, for the discount. On the way to work today, um, shout out to, how do I say Paul's last name? Sal- Saladino. <laughs> Saladino. Yeah, it's Saladino. Not, All these I fucking Italian last names. I don't know. Yeah. These guys, you guys. You gotta roll it off the tongue yeah, real yeah. fast. What damn, did I say? Damn sexy Italian. What did I call him before? <laughs> Salad- Salad- Saladano. Yeah, I don't know. I thought I said yeah. it right. Did I said Saladino? You said Salamabad. I didn't Sal- say that. Salamabad? I didn't say that. I was listening to, it been uh, that. you know, I, I already liked him. I, I, I'm, I like him more and more. Yeah. Uh, even though man, he's been taking heat too, and he man, I, I he feel hand, for him. He handles it well. That's he why he the, does. He was on he the doctors well. going back and forth. That's why him. I think I well, like. I think I like him so much. Yeah. Uh, I think he. I think he handles himself really well, uh, and he and he's not afraid to have conversations that uh, challenge his own beliefs, which is cool too. Like I, I was listening to him. Uh, speak to Terry Wall. So he just, he popped up in my feed. Um, I'm not like a regular listener or anything yeah. like that, but he popped up in his feed and I saw he's having a conversation with Dr. Terry Walls, who we know. And I thought, oh, wow. What a, what a like polar opposites of the spectrum. 100%. So I thought, oh, this is cool. So I, I'm listening to it. I'm only like a quarter or halfway through right now. Good uh, discussion. Very good discussion. Really, really good discussion. Uh, a little high level for the uh, probably average listener, but people that are really interested in the microbiome and uh, interested in uh, both carnivore and somebody who's like hardcore, like veggies six times a day. She's not uh, vegan, but she eats a lot of yeah. plants. Yeah, she's not vegan, but she's, you know, uh, re- recommends six large servings of vegetables a day, which is a lot, you know, yeah. uh, tough to get much other stuff. She's the one, she's the doctor. You can, you can look her up on YouTube. She's the, the woman who reversed her MS yeah. uh, through diet. Um, Crazy. And she was also recently on, I think the doctors also, she was also on there. Oh, wow. You know, the some of the points that the carnivore diet people make are, now I don't, I don't the conclusions I don't necessarily agree with, but so a lot of the points they make are absolutely true. For example, plant foods, plants don't have uh, the same defense that animals do. For example, animals have teeth and hooves, they can run. They could kick you. They could hurt you. That's their defense to prevent them from getting eaten. Plants don't have that. Obviously, they grow. They're there. They don't have a very good defense at all. So a lot of the defense mechanisms that plants have to prevent themselves from getting eaten are things like bad taste, poison, right. foods. That, uh, uh, you know, uh, may, they make themselves very hard to Re- digest. Reactions, yeah, all bitter reactions. Right. Yep. So. Uh, here's a good example. Wheat is one of the most widely consumed uh, plants uh, in all of human history. We've been consuming it for since the dawn of the agricultural revolution. It's, it was easy to grow. It's nutrient, you know, calorie dense, whatever. If you picked wheat out of the ground and ate it, it would destroy your stomach. It would it would shred your body. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to do it. So you got to pound it into dust. We have to process the shit out of it. Even ancient, even back in the day, what they would do with wheat is they would Take wheat, and it did look different than the wheat we have today. I know we've changed it through uh, modifications and breeding, but they would take the wheat and they would grind the shit out of it. I don't know if you guys have ever seen 
the big ancient wheat grinding stones that they would use back in the day. I have a poster of it in my house. <laughs> That's weird. It's, that is something that would be above Sal's bed. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Next to Kathy uh, Ireland. Like, <laughs> look at this. Yeah. <laughs> so cool. But, yeah. but they have Fun these, these big stones and then they would push them. People would push them in a circle grind, and it would grind over another stone and it would grind the wheat into a powder so that it could be consumed. Um, and this is how humans have been able to eat lots of plants as we, we process them. It's also how we're able to eat meat. So it doesn't mean that meat is not is uh, something that we don't need to process. We do. We cook it, right? Uh, since we've been using fire, we've been cooking meat, and it allows us to capture far more of the nutrients. You know, if most of us in this room can eat a half pound piece of steak, but if it was raw, you, you wouldn't be able to do that. So interesting points that they bring up. Um, so it does make sense that someone may have immune reactions to certain foods and have to avoid them. Um, like plants. So I definitely think that there are people that are, that are like, I just don't think it's the majority. Yeah. Yeah. But I like him because the way he talks about it. No, me too. He's smart. I like a healthy and, debate like that too. You know, like people that are very, very educated and, and have, you know, their own specific stories of how it helped them and like the nutrients and everything else that they've like steered towards with that. Like Terry Wall's story is amazing. When oh, she yeah. was on the show. And yeah. she's brilliant. And she's brilliant. Oh, yeah. loved her. Do you yeah. remember when we first, when we interviewed her? She was one of our first. Very first. Like, she was the first phone. She was a, we did phone call. She was annoyed with us big time. Initially. Yeah. At yeah. first she was, but yeah. then she liked this. I felt bad, yeah. yeah. We like, won her over. That's like episode, that's like way before, is that in the hunt when we were in like a episode of oh, 100 yeah, or something yeah. like that? I would say, well, maybe. That's a good, it's early. We were in the, we were back, we were out of dust. definitely before episode 300 or 400. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Because we were, we but we were out of Doug's house. So if we were out of Doug's house, we were in the studio, I would think that we, we, how long did we last at your no, house, No, we, we interviewed her in the studio, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. That's yes. That's what I said. That's oh, what yeah. I said. We were oh, out of we Doug's house. We yeah, were in the studio, time. so... Yeah. Uh, what would you, Doug, what would you say when we moved out of your house into the studio? I think almost 100. Mm, probably. Yeah. We, I could look it up. Yeah, I would, I would say we did the first at least 50 to 70 at your place before we... Oh, got, into, got into the studio, yeah. God, right? You never know when my ADD is going to hit. Right? <laughs> Damn it. You know what helps with it, though? What? No joke. The uh, Organifi Green and Pure... I mix them together. Yeah. Oh, how I, is that? Is it good like that? Actually, kind of zero it in. So, so there, there's a few combinations you could do with the Organifi products. Uh, and I've, you guys know me. I'm a supplement. Um, I don't know what would you want to call me? Whore. Uh, yeah, yeah. I guess supplement that's whore. Village bicycle. Uh, so I, everybody gets a ride. Yeah. So I, I take uh, if you if I mix the red with the green. Christmas blend. That's a good pre-workout. Mm -hmm. If you mix the green with the yellow. Kermit blend. Before bed. Yeah. Really, really good for before, before bed. Anti-inflammatory relaxing. I do that one every now and then. Pure with green. Great for focus, concentration, and just overall mental, uh, I guess, capacity or whatever. So before the podcast. So it still has to kick in. Give me another 15 minutes. <laughs> and then I'll be able to pay attention. Yeah. yeah. Now, have you looked at, like, are, are, you're not combining anything that's going to create some weird reaction and uh, make your penis shrink or anything like no, that? No, Whoa. no, There's uh, not, you're you're no. You probably should look into that. Yeah, I think you should. You yeah. start yeah. combining some well, side effects. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, in, so because yeah. it's just, it's uh, <laughs> yeah, you terribly <laughs> large. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, you guys have no idea. Did you guys see, uh, there's like this whole movement. I think it's in LA specifically, maybe New York too. I, I love LA movements. They're always the best. <laughs> They're they're my favorite. Like yeah, typically lots of woo in there. Um, but this one was actually like trying to get people to gather into these bars and, and hangouts without alcohol. So their whole thing it's kin kin euphorics, I think is the name of the these types of drinks where 
They're like basically nootropic drinks that they make all fancy like cocktails and everything. Really? Yeah. And it's like this whole thing where you go out, you hang out with your friends, you talk and all that, and, and you're less fun. <laughs> I was like, okay, cool. Yeah. So, so are we going to get pitched like some multi-level marketing while we're there? Or so what? It's, 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 so let, me, let me get this right. It's like a bar, but they're not serving alcohol. They're serving nootropic drinks instead. Yeah. Yes, exactly. That yeah. sounds stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do you think it's going to take off or just, what? Just go no. to Starbucks. Because <laughs> I <laughs> because, have some coffee. Because even point, as much so. as I like like Pure, for example, like we love Pure. We, I mean, for the most part, I'd say we have that almost uh, every time before we get on the podcast. Even as much as I love that, the feeling that I get from it, it's like it's more conducive with what we're doing. We're having to talk, and so I want like clear a clear mind. I want high high energy levels, but yeah. it's not even like taking. 300 milligrams of caffeine. I'm not wired yeah. on it. I'm not and it's like, not like alcohol. It's I'm not, not yeah, I'm not loose. Like I'm not. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, appa- I mean, apparently they said it makes you feel like happy. It's like a, it's like a up. Well, yeah, yeah there it feeling, is right there. but yeah, I don't know. They're trying to sell it hard. No, no, no. It's yeah. not going to make the unattractive girl appear more attractive, right? No, yeah. yeah that's, <laughs> that's, see, that's, 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 that's the, the magic thing. of alcohol. That's alcohol. <laughs> yeah, like, that, this part, that's the thing. This party sucks three drinks yeah, later. Or, right? or gets the so, it, it helps the socially awkward guy go over and fucking say hi. Now, you know, right. Right. Like if, so how funny is that? Think confidence. About, think about that for a second. Every Most people suffer from some form of social anxiety, which is why when you go to meet people, alcohol is it always- helps. yes. It just does. It's always it there because all of us are well, socially a little Well, anxious. I would argue that's the main reason why it works so well and why clubs are the way they are is because they serve alcohol. I think you take – like I know that, that uh, weed has come on the scene big and there's making they're making lounges like that. But yeah. it's not the same though. I bet you it's not. I haven't been to, I haven't been to one. We that would be interesting. Weed will make, hang me, out there. Weed well, would make we did, me more socially anxious. So we did one of the first yeah, ones. Yeah, I don't really like talking to people. We did one of the first ones in the Bay Area when uh, – when it, we first started the cannabis clubs, and uh, it, I mean, it wasn't like cracking or anything because it was still kind of under the radar, but we had enough where people were, you know, 15, 20 people were gathering in the lounge, and it's different. Yeah. It's just, you I mean, people are in corners getting high. That's it. You just like, you stoned. Like, there's not like, it's not a lot of, it doesn't like promote social. No, no it, it doesn't. You start staring at things. Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're at all like self conscious, a little bit anxious, smoking weed's terrible. You oh, know what yeah. I'm saying? All of a sudden you're like, oh. Yeah. You forget what people are saying. They or know you, what I'm thinking. Or you yeah. clam up more, right? And you yeah. just, I mean, there's a, there's a, a small percentage of the population would say that they're, you know, more extroverted on, on, on marijuana. But for the most part, I think most people kind of clam up. I think it's quiet. it's good with people. Those are the outliers. It's good with people you're already comfortable with, right? You know, and, what I'm and that's what oh, we, yeah, that's what you we let yourself, yeah, kind of. Free. That's what we see with the lounge is that you'd see these little big groups, yeah, little groups of three to five people that came together, and they're not talking yeah. To anybody, yeah, else. not talking to anybody else. You know what I'm saying? So it's like <laughs> yeah, that, you might as well go home. The yeah. thing, the thing with bars and stuff is just people intermingling like crazy. So imagine being like a 22 year old, never had weed for the first time. You see the attractive girl in the corner, and you're like telling your buddy, like, I want to talk to her, and he's like. Listen, yeah. get I high. know you're nervous. Yeah. Hit this joint yeah. real quick. Yeah. Hit this smoke bong. Up, hit this bong real weeds. quick. Terrible <laughs> yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Hit the bong. Like, <sighs> I want to go home, dude. <laughs> Take me home. <laughs> Jeez. So when did this? Yeah. When did these things start up? How did I, you come across this? I, you know, it's, it's called funny. Ken, Ken Euphoric. Ken Euphorics. Yeah. Some one one of my old clients actually sent it my way and was like, "Have you heard of this?" And was like, "No, I never they're heard." Excited of it. Yeah, it. they're like, "Yeah, what do you think?" Like. I, I just uh, I don't know, man. I think like they're they're trying something new and and 
again, like they're just trying to create a market for something that I think Dude. is, uh, it's kind of forced. I think this is a millennial idea. Oh, you want to, you want <laughs> you know, I, I don't think it's going to work. It is. You want to, really you want to hear another millennial idea that's kind of <laughs> along those same lines? Yeah. Have you guys seen these clubs where, okay, typically you go to a nightclub and there's, Alcohol and loud music. It's a big part of the- Oh, I know what you're talking about. And dark lights. Dark lights, loud music. That's also to help with the social anxiety. It's loud, so you're talking. Other people aren't listening to you, whatever. So these are nightclubs where you go and everybody puts on headphones. Yes. So it's, it's silent in there. And you're wearing headphones and so, everybody's dancing. Yeah, you don't look like an idiot or anything. So I hear those are. Re- <laughs> I actually hear those are really fun. Yeah. Oh, do you have this, the colors that match with the person? Yes. So yeah. what the idea is that you could have like three or four different genres of music playing in the same club, and you see like if I if I walk over to a girl and she's got pink and I'm rocking blue, we're listening to different music. We're yeah. not dancing together, and yeah. we're obviously into different music. But if I walk over and I see a girl who's got the the blue lit up, like I'm, like, we're listening to the same thing. Yes, but Dude, that that I hear pickup, they're cool. I haven't been to one. But that pickup line is brilliant it. as it is. It's only one pickup line. Because yeah, that's like I, I it can gets see you that. like some face for a second. Yeah, I can see it. that. Like yeah. you go, oh wow, you got the same song, hmm. and then you're done. And it goes, nice <laughs> girl. oh, we got the you same know, song. I, I was actually thinking about that. Like how I wonder how the interaction is these days at dances and everything. Because do you guys remember like how like uh, like aggressive it used to be with like the whole movement of like freaking. And everything where you just like oh, yeah. get behind somebody and oh I think it's probably just as bad if not worse but like like <laughs> you know like there was guys that would just like swoop up behind girls and just start meow, you know <laughs> moving up and down on them and I'm like whoa guy that used to happen a lot yeah. I bet it doesn't happen as much Justin's like these days suck you can't do yeah. that anymore <laughs> yeah, yeah you can't yeah. just Justin's like Everybody you can't just grab all, like, a girl just out by that you can't just air hump anybody yeah <laughs> come on I let's re- bring it back I remember man they used to he, you would dance and it was like man if there were no Closed there, everybody's getting pregnant. It was like that's how close, yeah, it, people it got, were doing the crazy. Thing. Would, there was a lot of movies around that too, around a certain time. There was, yeah. I know, a Dirty Dancing, but then there were other other movies that would come out. It became a thing for a second, right? It was like the Bobby Brown moves, where you're yeah, just like, freaking like the dirty, dude. All the speak, way down. Speaking of alcohol, Doug, can you go on the Mirror uh, website? I don't know if you guys knew this. So you guys know Mirror, obviously, the company that we're sponsored by them. They make cups. and, and Yes, yeah, my fantastic cups for coffee and yeah, everything else. Yeah, really insulated cups and whatever. Look what they have. Oh, yeah. We almost bought this for Rachel. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. They have a line for wine. Yeah, Katrina and I were looking at gifts for Rachel, and I told her that this would be a really cool gift for her right here. So what is it? It's it's two insulated... Uh, containers, mirror containers, plus the cups, and it's made for wine. Yeah, there's there, the two, the two on the left are tum, or the, or the right are t- the tumblers, right? And then the left, I forget what you call it. What do you call the ones where the, the wine breathes, Doug? What's it called? Oh, uh, like a decanter, or yeah, yeah, kind of like a, yeah, like a decanter. One oh, really? Are, yeah. Oh, that's cool. Mm-hmm. So it, de- it decants. Am I using the word? Yeah, properly? I don't know if it's a verb or <laughs> not. Is it a verb? <laughs> it, deca- it decants Let's the way the wine. That's verb. Definitely does a good job decanting. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Wow, yeah. that, that's actually kind of cool. No, it is cool. I feel like that's such a hipster thing, right there. Yeah. Like you go to the park with a girl. Well, and then exactly. Pull out your no. Your oh, yeah. Instead of carrying like a glass bottle around, so like that, you could throw that in a backpack or whatever, and you Get know, smash while you're hiking. Yeah. <laughs> Get out the picnic blanket. That's they have good style. Everything they make looks really, really good. Yeah, it looks really sharp. So how does a decanter decant? 
What is it? It's just the way it oxygenate. Pours? Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, they normally. Yeah, normally it's the they normally are shaped a certain way, aren't they, Doug? The way they breathe. I'm no expert on this. I know. Mm. Well, well, I expect you to Somali be here. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, school. Us. I haven't finished my training yet. <laughs> have you guys yeah. ever gone wine tasting before? Yeah, yeah, I have. So yeah. I, I've only been there once, but I remember the guy would pour the wine. You've he, only wine tasted once or twice. Two wow, times. really? Yeah, well, that's me too. Actually, yeah. really, you too? Yeah. Oh, I'm more into whiskey. I guess, so I'm the asshole who should know more about this than How many yeah. times have you gone wine tasting? Probably twenty something. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, You're I not guess, even a drinker. I mean, well, it's fun. It was. Cool. I guess you know you guys have been in the same relationship for fucking forty <laughs> years. I've dated a lot of girls. That's like a thing to do. Like yeah. you're, wow. you're, if you're dating a girl, like uh, let's go wine tasting for a weekend. It's like a very, I think. Yeah. Go to date move, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So I've dated a hot little air balloon little right after that, right? It's a lot of. <laughs> yeah. Did you do? Did you do a lot of hot air balloons? No, I didn't. It was expensive. Yeah. I actually had a client buy me one, and I never used it. Bought so. you a hot air balloon ride? Yeah, it's like six hundred bucks. I feel like it's the most. That sounds like the most boring thing in the world. Dude, Stop whatever it. happened? Stop we were going to go up there and do a podcast in a hot air balloon. We were <laughs> going to be the first podcast that was going to be our staple moment. What a terrible idea! You know how loud <laughs> those things are. Yeah, when they turn the thing on. Oh boom. yeah. Yeah, I wish we. I Not wish to mention. Can you start that, Doug? Can you start making a list when we when we have ideas that just that we don't do that were like awful or that we did and it just totally that flopped. sounded like such a good idea. There's there was a lot of ideas like that. Do you remember your idea that you had that we actually did, which I know it was a terrible idea. We oh, did no. anyway oh, no. when we recorded on the road. Remember that? <laughs> we, oh, put our- we put that out. We t- it's out there it's somewhere else. Hey, I'm not. Con- oh, I'm not conceding that that was a terrible idea, bro. That episode, we, it was, it was, we tried it, you and know, we, and we went hard on that episode. There was a lot of stuff said on that. Thing. Well, it was. It was also. Like a bunch of bros. It was also the uh, you know the the worker BME. You know what I'm saying? It was like we were multitasking yeah. there, right? Yeah, yeah, so true. it wasn't just like, hey, this would be great. People are gonna love it. <laughs> He's like, hey guys, I want to yeah. swim, but I also want a podcast. Let's put the headphones on. <laughs> Let's make this yeah. happen. Anyway. I, I, who do you think has had more worse ideas? More worse ideas? Probably well, Sal, right? Well, I have just we'll more agree. ideas in general. <laughs> Better <laughs> English, anyway. So, yeah, so, yeah. It's like, so it's a lower percentage, but it's just like, a lot. It's like Babe Ruth, like more strikeouts. More <laughs> <laughs> you swing the bat you a lot. just use a sports analogy for that. Dude, I'm so proud I'm of you. you right and it so, worked, actually. <laughs> I, I know all about the baseball. No, your sports ball knowledge <laughs> you is know coming through, dude. Hey, did you guys see the kid on the forum that posted his before and after from following uh, Maps program? No, I didn't. All right, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna pull it up right now because which one, dude? Uh, Kyle. We have a lot of them. Yeah, what's his name? Kyle. I had it written down. Kyle Frame. So Kyle Frame followed <laughs> Matt, and I think it was Maps Anabolic that he followed. So check this out, young kid. No split. Maps split. Right. So he started October 30th, 2019, and then finished February 9th, 2020. So check this out, right? And I love these measurements because he measured everything. His neck went from 16 inches to 16 and a quarter. So he just gained yeah, muscle neck overall. Gains. I know. Chest went from 43 inches to 44 and a half inches. Yeah. His waist generally stayed the same. His thighs went from 24 inches to 25 and a half inches. So that's wow. a one and a half inch yep, gain. Dang. His calves stayed about the same, went up a little bit. Uh, sorry about that. It sounds like you got my genetics. You get the mind pump, get the mind pump curse. Yeah. 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 And his biceps went up uh, from 13 and a half inches to 15 and three quarters inches. Oh, wow. Huge wow. gains on his arms. That's huge. Big old arms. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Those are huge. How huge, old is he? Um, it didn't, I, I didn't say, but it looks like a young kid. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like he's younger, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely younger than we are. Yeah, anybody's young. <laughs> But that's great. You know, listen, if you have if you're following a maps program and you have a great before and after or measurements or whatever, 
DM them to us. We love seeing that kind of stuff. Definitely. I love it. And, you know, I, I, every once in a while I'll post people's progress because I just think it's super cool. Did you see the what I shared with you guys in our our text message this morning? The, oh, the, the look, look electric out. car. Oh, look out, Sal and Nicola. Tesla. Yeah. Look out, buddy. Watch Sound, out. It's the a, front name. It's a copycat, dude. Bro. No, stupid. No. Bro. They actually excited. designed it and everything. Awesome. So much better looking. Woo. I would drive that truck. First yeah. of all. I would drive that truck. It's a sexy truck, dude. The name alone is silly. It's, they're copying, obviously copying Tesla. Oh, so they call a hater, dude. Nicola. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's weird. Don't, hater, be a, don't be a hater. Oh, yes. you know? It looks like a Ford Raptor, dude, yeah, on, on steroids. Yeah. Someone's going to start pump mine one day. So you're going to hate, <laughs> hate or what? Dude, yeah. don't hate. They yeah. have no track record. We don't know if this truck is actually good or if it'll explode or how awesome it is. That's what's so is. exciting about yeah, it. Yeah, we don't know you what's know what going I mean? on. <laughs> Revolutionary. I don't think we hey, need to worry. 900 horsepower, 0 to 60 in like 2.6 or 2.9 yeah. seconds. What, how, how much yeah. faster are we going to go? Uh, this is getting silly. Now. Ludicrous speed. Can yeah. your geometry truck do that? Or it's what? the the your hey, geometry truck. Hey, I don't know, man. I will say. Look this. how good. Okay, tell me now. That's a good looking truck. It's it's sexy, dude. It's not, it, bro. It looks like any other truck. It doesn't look that's like exactly. Yeah, that's the that's <laughs> good the, point, Sal. That's a good yeah. point. No ingenuity. It does look like a truck. Yeah. Oh god. Yours looks like yeah. a five year old drew it. Yeah, no. Exactly. no yes. Why are you saying mine? <laughs> <laughs> you owned it now. It's yeah. like yeah. Yeah. so excited about it. I, you know the Tesla stock though to me is very. Uh, scary yeah dude uh, yeah. it doesn't make any sense if you bought a long time ago sell get your money out you hurry up that's yeah. to me that's crazy i can't can it keep going that way i know that tesla trades not like a motor company it trades like a a tech it's stock a bunch company. of speculation dude i mean I let me look at them right now and see what they're at right now it's insane it was like 900 something dollars uh, well at its peak now it's down to 778 oh it, wow it's moving that fast yeah it's it dude the fluctuations are silly uh, with it doesn't make any sense. I mean, back in October it was two hundred and fifty bucks, you know, and then it hit at one point. What was it? Eight hundred and eighty-seven dollars. Uh, oh, I thought it like, hit nine hundred. Like, like a few a few weeks ago, or was it a week ago or whatever? Oh, I thought it hit nine hundred. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. No. Anyway, it's... oh, did you guys see what Burger King's doing? You, Mr. Marketing guy, you love uh, you love no, oh, for marketing. Valentine's Day. Yeah. Well, well, without you even tell me about it. I, I without you even telling it. me, I love Burger King as far as their marketing. They yeah. always have great great stuff. They do. Yeah, I don't know about their burgers though. When's the last time you guys had Burger King? <laughs> When I was in college, probably. Yeah, it's yeah. I preferred them though to McDonald's. Like, ugh. McDonald's, McDonald's is, is terrible. No, McDonald's has got the fries. You're, you're a Whopper guy over yeah, a Big yeah, Mac guy? You're definitely a Whopper I'm, I'm, guy. I'm, I'm, I like both. Flame I used to like both. Big Mac is a bread sandwich. I mean, I used yeah, to. exactly. It's I just used a bunch to, of bread. I used to eat Burger King and McDonald's that regular that they both would make it into a week for me. Because wow. that's how it would be. Oh, I had McDonald's I last time. I'll have yeah. Burger. You were on it was, the bowl. Zach Carl's Jr. Yeah. Yeah. You were 24 hours a day trying to gain when weight. I, think, I did the same when thing. When I think back to like my early 20s and teens, my diet, and I think of how I eat today, it's so insanely <laughs> it's different. It's so repulsive. Like even when I got into training, like even when I first got into fitness, uh, fast food was still a semi-regular thing. Oh, totally. Like yeah. it wasn't like it because was- Because the, the way you would gauge it is- I'm I'm not gaining I'm not gaining body fat. I'm trying to gain weight. So these are calories. There's proteins, carbs, and fats in there. Let's go for it. Yes, I was exactly the same way. Yeah. So it was a it was not until probably my mid to later twenties did I completely like eliminate like fast food. Like, fast used, food is a non-existent. Like, oh, it, I don't touch it yeah. at all. I can't think of the last In and Out Burger is and the I, closest not, I'll go. And it's not like I'm a weirdo yeah. where I'm like. 
I can't have it. It's that it fucks me up now. Yeah. Like if I were to go back, it doesn't sound good. I ever. remember probably about I don't know six to seven years ago. Maybe a little fuck. I'm 38 now, so it's more like nine or ten years 20 ago. 20 years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. it's a little bit further back. 30. About a decade ago. Yeah. I remember like, hey, it's been a couple years since I had Taco Bell. Oh, it's been a couple years. Let me let me try it. Let me see how it goes. Diarrhea. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Like I'm not even done with the burger and I'm in the bathroom. Like, yeah, it's terrible. So I can't even do it anymore. In and out is about as close as I'll get, but I don't touch the. The, the classic uh, fast food restaurants. I yeah, in and out five. Uh, in and out yeah. five guys. I'll have. Five that's guys, that's still yeah. uh, that's still a, a, a semi regular uh, rotation in but my diet. Until this day, McDonald's has the best French fries. Nobody comes close to their French fries. Yeah, whatever they do well, to it, whatever magic mm -hmm. engineering that they do, still have the best. But anyway, so here's what Burger King's doing for Valentine's oh, Day. Yeah, so, All right, yeah. yeah. So right. on Valentine's Day, if you bring in a picture of your ex. You'll get a free Whopper. Shut your face. <laughs> See? Brilliant. Yeah. So brilliant. Are you serious? Yeah, dude. Yeah. <laughs> that is so What do they do with them? Are they like posting it on some board? Can or we what? please- I hope. Can we- yeah. See, now this is- a, I, I, These are the type of people I'd like to interview. I would love to interview the person who's behind You'd them. like to interview the Burger King? Mark, no. <laughs> are you the king? No, not the king. Does he Sire. exist? No. <laughs> I, would like, yeah. I would like do to hire- the Doug, burger. maybe you could do some research for me on LinkedIn. Find out who the head of Mark- Marketing is for Burger King. I bet you this guy or girl just gets no attention. No one's yeah. fucking interviewing them. But I would like to interview them. I would like to talk to them about these meetings when they have strategies about how we're going to market come Thanksgiving. Were they the ones that did the uh, the traffic? Like they would drive up to your car in traffic. Remember no, that, that was McDonald's. Okay, was, was that McDonald's? Burger King? Really? Burger King did. Uh, I brought up it last year. They did something. I can't remember. So maybe Doug could also look up. Uh, sorry, Doug. I'm putting you all over the place here. Yeah. Um, Casey Neistat. Gets trolled by Burger King. Tell me what you get when you when you do that. What do you, what, do you, what happened? Uh, Burger King did they, did a campaign where they went they went they did something uh, to get the attention of all these like really big social media followers, and they got them to talk about them. It was brilliant. I can't remember what it was they did though, and I talked about it on the show years ago. And Casey Neistat got trolled by Burger King. And it caused him to, you know, talk about it on his... And it worked. Oh, yeah, it worked. And they did it with, like, multiple social media people. See what they said. Influencer Casey Neistat rips Burger King for exploiting him. There you go. See? Wow. Yeah. That's smart. Right. No, no, no. It was, it was brilliant. I can't remember what they did, though. Does it say what they did? No. It just says the article here. It just says they liked his tweets. They did. They did. Oh, I think they went back and they like they they went on all these big social media people and they went and they like liked or commented on like really old stuff mm -hmm. of theirs. So it populated up and then they're like, "What the heck? Burger King's going all the way down and looking Dude. at my old stuff." Whatever they did, it was brilliant because it got Casey Neistat and a bunch of other really big. See, there you go. What's it saying, Doug? Oh boy. Let's oh, it just here. says they're looking. They're liking his eight-year-old tweets and he and then he oh, reposted it and I said, see. "Why are they liking my my old tweets?" Oh, okay. Just random. Smart. This, smart, <laughs> smart they're, though, they're right? Creeping. Yeah. Tell me that's not brilliant. Yeah. It is. You know what this is making me think right now about, uh, kind of uh, related to it? Uh, you know, recently you guys know I've been trying to modify my nutrition to try and get leaner. It's fucking hard now, dude. I used to get lean so easy. Uh, it's hard now. It's way yeah. harder. I'm just not active like I used to be. Yeah, when I, I was younger, we're talking about all the food we used to eat when we were kids. I mean, I used to... Hammer, you know what? When McDonald's had ninety-nine cent uh, double cheeseburgers, remember when they would do that? Yeah, I would literally go and spend fifteen dollars. That's what is that? Fourteen or fifteen double cheeseburgers, and my body fat would wouldn't go up above twelve percent. I wouldn't well, gain a single pound. I, I have a. I just gained weight talking about it. Right I now. have a theory. Yeah. I have a theory a on that, and uh, I, I would challenge you, the two of you, to because I, I can't remember the last time I've seen either one of challenge. you. Challenge. Uh, 
track your daily steps consistently. Oh, dude, it's oh, low. It's, it's, and I don't want to know. Right? Well, yeah. I'm not going to do it. And yeah. here's the thing. I, so I've been for, and I'm not right now, and I haven't been Failure. consistently. But I have done this before where I continue wearing my Fitbit or tracking my steps even when I'm kind of off my routine. Mm -hmm. And then like when I'm hardcore consistent. And then I know what I was doing back in my late 20s and early 30s even. And the variance is unbelievable. Oh, it's silly. Yeah. Oh, it's it's ridiculous. Bro, I, 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 could, to... I could be somebody who easily on being when I'm active, me, you know, playing basketball here, lifting every now and then, going out for my walks, doing all so that, walking fifteen thousand to twenty thousand steps, no problem. Yeah. And then at on the same on the same week, I can be that guy who is two thousand steps. Mm -hmm. Doesn't even doesn't even yeah. walk a fucking I half a mile into a, in a fatty, day. Chatty Kathy. But I mean, you know the difference of moving two thousand steps and twenty thousand steps. Eighteen thousand. Wait. <laughs> Good job, math guy. The pure's kicking in. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah, Zing! Yeah, it just kicked it in right, 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 right there. Can you time, time stamp how that? How far are we at? 20, 25 minutes of the episode I told there? Or you, so? dude. Yeah. You gotta get it a yeah, little 29 early. minutes in. Oh, you it's about, get 30 minutes, early, 30 minutes. So. about 30 minutes in. <laughs> yeah. Brain's on fire now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give right. me another one. Give me another one. <laughs> my, my point is, though, the, I, you got the math right on how many more steps it is, but you understand how many more calories? Burning, oh. just walking is doing. Oh, it's yeah. insane. Not to mention that probably some of that activity is probably a hi higher elevated on killer cows, right? So we have this. Everybody has like Those a killer cows has a consistent amount of calories at rest that they burn, right? Somewhere between like one point three to two point two, depending on your metabolism, that your body just burns at rest. Then when you kind of walk around and move, that kicks up to like three point three to 3.5 type range, mm -hmm. just moving around and walking. Then if you like are doing like somewhat activity, cleaning the house or moving, that jumps up to like five or six. So if you're just somebody, and this is why, this is what I speak to with clients so much is talking about just creating more movement and activity in their day because the, the overall amount of calories that that ends up in yeah. a day and then in a week is oh, clean your house, do yard work. Insane. You. It's yeah, insane. It's insane. It makes a massive difference. But what, and, and what I've gotten better as I've gotten older is I've learned to adjust, be aware of that more, and I don't need to wear my tracker to know. Like I know what. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's why it's so much harder. Because as I'm reducing my calories, I'm like, wow, I'm not burning very many calories at all. Mm -hmm. When I was training clients, because when you're training clients, you're standing, you're walking, you're moving, oh, you're grabbing gym. weights, you're putting, you're re-racking, you're doing all kinds yeah. of stuff. So I went from doing that uh, all day long to <laughs> sitting in this. Yeah. In this soundproofed room on this microphone, and although I can and jabber, talk shit. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, this happens to yeah, my a, jaw muscles are working. This is what it, this, in my experience, when I would assess somebody that has put on you know thirty, fifty plus pounds, uh, nine times out of ten, the thing that happened if it wasn't like some dramatic injury or something, and they started to pile on this weight, now they always attributed to getting older. That's what they think, you know, because that's like the the, the consensus. Sure. It's like, oh, you get older, your metabolism slows down. That's when everybody gets fat and just part of life, right? Like, that's what they think. But that's I could not always the big player though. No, it's not the big player. It normally is a major shift in their job. Mm -hmm. Like they went from being a college student who was, you know, walking to class all day long, maybe playing some sports, doing activities. Now they're a engineer yeah. sitting at a desk right. all day for 10 hours a day, six days a week. And then on the weekend, they're burnt out from their crazy work week. They fucking sleep in and they oh, want to relax. I 100% guarantee I'm not doing, I'm not even getting 4,000 <laughs> steps uh, unless I schedule walks, which 
what I'll do when I feel my best, I have to schedule two 30 to 40 minute walks every single day. Yeah. And that's this, when I feel my best. And this is why, you know, I know the book that you're, you're starting to work on and, and the, the case that you make all the time, why I think it's such a, a brilliant and it's important so message, important right now. such an important message for the masses is if it wasn't for your unbelievable consistency with weight training, because for sure out of all of us, you if were- If it wasn't for all this muscle mass. <laughs> yes, all this yes, glorious yes. gains. I'm trying to compliment you. You still yeah. come over the top and compliment yourself better. <laughs> making it more accurate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. My giant <laughs> penis Bulging. and my big muscles yeah. today. Throbbing musculature yeah. that I present every day. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm just going oh. back to picking on you. So it's just a hot it's easier. Yeah, it's, it's a hot <laughs> furnace of calorie burning <laughs> machinery. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll for real though, I mean, the, no, fact, right. the fact that you you lift like you do on a regular basis, I mean, you would be a fat ass right now. Oh, I'd be. Did. I mean, you would, you would with the, with as little as you move. If you weren't as because you were, I mean, when's the last time you lifted less than three times in a week? Oh, I always lift at least four or five. Exactly. Always yeah. right. So yeah. I mean, you know, you're constantly you're constantly sending a signal to your body to reallocate all those extra calories I for know. a little movement to go to work and either build or sustain muscle. In and your what's body. funny is I, I eat, I can eat anywhere between 2,500 to 2,900, 3,000 calories a day. My body fat doesn't go too high, but right now trying to get lean, <laughs> it's cracking me up because I have to readjust my perception of what is a little bit, what is considered you know, a diet for me that will get me leaner because I am used to what I would eat before and get leaner. Mm -hmm. And I'm just realizing it. That's what I mean by it's harder. It's like, damn, I got to cut more food. If I wasn't aware, yeah. like I, when I was competing, so there was a time when I was working at Orange Theory, I was getting up at four o'clock in the morning, walking. I was, I had 10,000 steps before 8 a.m. Wow. Yeah. Before 8 a.m. And then I was training hard for when I was competing. I mean, I was able to eat 5,500, 6,000 calories and have six pack abs. Like, Dude, if I push over 2,500 calories right now, I pile on the body fat. Mm. Like, that's how sedentary. But here's the thing. That's life. You And that's the key is that you you learned. And this is why I'm, I, I think that tracking is so important is that th there's such an individual variance. That's my story, right? And your story is different. Your story is different. Yeah. It's learning your body so you understand when the things in life like this happen. When you have a kid, when the job you change, when you're no longer competing on stage and now you're sitting behind a fucking micro, you know that you can't just keep eating and doing the things you were doing back then. You've got to make fundamental changes if you don't do something to make up well, for that. Well, when they, when they do uh, studies on this, consistently, this is very consistent, predictably, people overestimate how many calories they burn every day or overestimate how many steps they take. Yeah, and, and underestimate. And underestimate how many calories they consume. Everybody, this is across the board, this happens on a regular basis. So if you go and do like a, a one-hour hike and people ask you, how many calories do you think you burn? You're going to overestimate. Everybody does. Oh, I, oh, that was hard. I must have burned it's so 700 low, calories or 1,000 calories. Then when you eat food... Throughout the day, and people say, "How many calories do you think?" Well, I didn't eat that bad today. I think I ate two thousand calories. You're you're typically five hundred calories or a thousand calories off. Did you read that article somebody sent us about like calories uh, not being like what whatever they they're they're saying they are in terms of like the FDA or whatever? Like it's not even close. Oh, I didn't even read it. I okay. told you it's twenty. It's they, yeah. I remember you brought up those statistics, yeah. but I think that, I'm wondering if it was even like more egregious. Oh, see, I, I believe that. Like yeah. I I know that the FDA already allows them to be twenty percent off. 
which is a lot. Yeah, you that's know? a ton. Especially as you get higher. That's what you, people get to understand. Like 20% of 100 is already 20 calories. But when yeah. you're looking at something that says it's 1,000 calories, that's an extra 200 some calories. Right. And by the way, that hike you talked about doesn't even burn 200 calories. Right, yeah. right. So it's like... If yeah, they're allowed, if they're allowed to be off by that much, the little bit of exercise or movement you're doing, you're overestimating. Thinking it's way more than what it is. Just that alone is enough to to explain why the fuck you're not moving up or down. That's why it's so important to build muscle so that you burn more calories doing whatever you're gonna do anyway. Because for the obvious, you have more calorie burning machinery. But it's not just that. It's also when you're telling your body to build muscle, it becomes less efficient with the way that it utilizes calories. So you can't you can't explain the metabolism boost from resistance training purely by the muscle because I've seen people post this on on social media and it, it annoys the shit out of me. Well, they'll say, you know, b- building muscle doesn't you know, boost your metabolism that much. One pound of muscle only burns X amount more calories. You'd have to gain twenty pounds of muscle. No, no, no it doesn't work that way. It's not a direct uh, relationship. Yes, bigger muscles burn more calories. That's true, but it's also when you're building muscle or sending a signal to build muscle, your body becomes less efficient mm-hmm. with the way that it utilizes calories. And there's a big range there. You can see this with clients, change their resistance training, have them you know, train to build muscle, eat more calories. The scale doesn't go up. They still haven't gained any muscle, and yet they're not gaining any body fat, but they're consuming 300 more calories a day. It's, it can only be explained, and we don't know the intricacies yet, but it can only be explained by... Less efficiency. Something else that helps is, is creatine. Creatine actually helps with that because it boosts mitochondrial production and it increases the amount of mitochondria that you actually create when you do things like lift weights or pretty much anything. Um, it gets the body to burn more calories. It's one of those things. And it's so funny because humans spent you know thousands and thousands of years on Earth. Our bodies spent so much time trying to figure out how to be more efficient with calories. We're in this weird situation now where that yeah. is totally going against everything. Yeah, we want the least, the, the most inefficient bodies of all time to deal with uh, modern life where it would be great if we could all eat 6,000 calories a day. And because of our inefficiencies, we end up burning most of it as heat and energy and not gaining any body fat. So, anyway, interesting. Oh, one thing I, I want to tell you guys news report. So, you guys know the coronavirus thing that's going on over in yeah. China, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Everybody's freaking out. Yeah. Have you guys seen the conspiracies, by the way? Yeah, I have. I've seen them like <sighs> the hazmat suits and like spraying the streets yeah. and like crazy shit. So, I live, yeah, I live with a nurse. So, I get like the opposite end of that of like, she's just so like, she gets pissed every time there's hysteria over these types of things because she's already had patients that have had the coronavirus. That's already been through here before. What? Yeah. Oh, but it's not this. It's not that strain or whatever. So, but this is, I mean, again, like I, my conspiracy is always like, I, I kind of check myself a bit because, like, think about like the media and what they want to portray and like what they want from you. They want you to be fearful. They want you to be make rash decisions. Plus, being afraid is what attracts us. You said you post two news articles, one scary and one yes, isn't. But I'm again, reading the scary one. Yeah, I know. I've seen some of the shit you've been putting in our text thread and I'm like, ah, <laughs> what about this, Courtney? Tell me about this. Yeah, it's, it's cracking me up. So anyway, oh, it's two things. So there's two stories. One, there was a guy in New Jersey, I think it was, who thought he had the coronavirus, so they quarantined him. Everybody freaked out. They tested him. It turned out it was a hangover. So, <laughs> so he had he had the other coronavirus. That's a bad hangover. You know oh, yeah, that's a bad The day. wrong oh, corona. Ju- Come on, No, 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 no. no. It's oh, true. No. It's true. That guy no. actually happened. He was a hangover. You're getting trolled. I added the joke. I added oh, that part. Okay. Yeah, it was the wrong corona. But anyway, the doctor that discovered that this, this was going crazy, he alerted, he alerted Chinese authorities they told him, do not tell anybody. 
and go back to work. He did. He operated on on somebody who had the virus, caught it himself, and fucking died. So the, the doctor that was sounding the alarms died from the coronavirus, and it was because the Chinese authorities told him, don't say anything, go back to work. What? Kind of crazy. Then I've seen conspiracies. What was his health like? The Chinese doctor? Yeah. I, I have wonder. no idea. Exactly. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, but they anyway. I don't want to let you know any of that. But yeah, all the conspiracies have come out. Someone else came out with uh, calculations from how many people they actually think are infected, and it's 10 times more than well, what the I Chinese heard, government's reporting. I heard, I heard like the regular ass flus killed more people. Mm-hmm. Of so course. I, yep. Yeah. So I, well, I, there's more people with the flu. Yeah. You know? I, you know, here's the thing with these with these viruses. It's This is the truth now, and it sounds alarmist, but it's just true. It's like an earthquake. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. At some point, we are going to get hit with a v- very dangerous virus. It's just yeah. what happens. And uh, I, just, I just see this happening and playing out like the Ebola scare. Yeah. You know, there was two people you know, that ended up being in the U.S. and then they like quarantined them off. And then it was like, okay, moving on. Do you, really, do you really think that we can get hit with something that massive like we hundreds of years ago happened? Like, I feel like... So we're, we're we're so on top of it to this point to where we get like freaked out over something that may you're happen. right. So there's the advantages are that we have such fast moving information that we could find out and quarantine. But yeah. the drawback the 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 drawback to nowadays is that people travel people move in and out really yeah, easily. Dude. Yeah, dude. Whereas before it was confined by borders and oceans and rivers. Now anywhere in the world, if there's a crazy virus, yeah. It could spread so quickly just because of planes and travel so fast. So who knows? I but at some point we will get hit with some kind of a pandemic. It's just it's just it, it happens. It just happens. It's it's happened forever, and it probably will happen. Pro- might not be the coronavirus, but we'll see. Maybe it's the the next one. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, Maps Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpumpmedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad. Eagle has landed. Quee-qua. First question is from Lorinda6753. What is the best plan of action for gluteal amnesia? Doesn't <laughs> that sound official? Is that sleepy butt? Gluteal. That sounds so official, right? Yeah. So this is not an actual thing. Uh, thing. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if you go to the doctor because your butt won't grow, they're not going to diagnose you with uh, gluteal amnesia. The term Did they um, just make that up. And yeah, being isn't cute? it funny? Like the term that we use is sleepy butt syndrome. It's not really a syndrome, but what we're referring to is people who are trying to build their their glute muscles. They're very quad dominant. Yeah, and they're doing all the right exercises. They're doing the squats and the stiff-legged deadlifts and the lunges. And for whatever reason, their butt doesn't seem to want to uh, respond. Now, there's a few reasons why this may be happening. Uh, but one of the main ones, in, in I'll speak personally from my experience, is that that person just doesn't really use a lot of glutes when they do those exercises. It's usually a lot of quad. And so the plan of action, step one is to learn how to feel the glutes. This is a this is more of a, a subjective, perceptive type thing. You're not necessarily connecting to the glutes more, um, unless you're actually paralyzed. You're connected to the glutes. It's just learning how to feel them so you could change your form a little bit to activate them more. And the best way to do that, one of the best ways to do that, is to do 
glute isolation movements at the beginning of your workout, movements where you squeeze and feel the glutes activating. Then when you go do your squats, you know what to look for when you're doing the movement. Or feel right. for, right? Right. I think this is also why um, uh, Brett Contreras just like exploded with the, the hip thrust. Um, I, I think that when we didn't have anything that you could really heavy load that was like an isolation exercise for the glute before mm -hmm. that. Like everything, think about all the other isolation yeah. exercises for glutes. They're all like they're pretty weak. Yeah, kickbacks, dog pees, fucking weak ass movements that you can't really load. Uh, you can load a hip thrust really, really heavy, and it's you know almost an isolation. It's not quite an isolation exercise. Nothing's really an isolation exercise, but but the glutes are really a, the a prime mover. Yeah, there. it's it's hard to do a a uh, hip thrust and not use your glutes. Mm -hmm. It really is like you you could have pretty poor mechanics on a squat and easily do a squat that looks to the average eye as good form, but be very quad dominant. Like I've seen, you know, clients squat and to the average eye you go hey that's a good looking squat yet they and they have these massive quads and a flat butt and it's just their their body is driving more off the quads because it is still a very quad dominant exercise anyway so mm -hmm. it's hard to like see that mechanically the hip thrust it's directly r right up opposing the glutes when you when you lift up from uh, the barbell on your hips and so I think that's a great movement so I think priming like you're saying uh Sal like uh, I would love to start so, like we did a good YouTube video on uh, floor bridge, um, and I, I broke down like the importance of flattening the back before you lift up. So it's a really good video on that on our YouTube channel. I think priming with a movement like that, or some of the things like glute kicks or something, just to get the feeling the butt a little bit of a burn in it, so you, you wake it up, you know. And the term sleepy butt or wake the butt up, it's not sleep. It's not asleep. It's not not being worked. Like that's. It's just a term that we use to explain to people that you're not working it as well as you could be in the movements that it should be taking over more. There's less recruitment happening. Yeah, exactly. So uh, doing something that connects to it well, and then like Sal was saying, now when you go into your squat, you're thinking about your butt as you do it. But I mean, this is where hip barbell hip thrusts have a ton of value to yeah. me. And this is this is something that of all strength athletes, bodybuilders are the best at. So if you want to learn how to develop a specific muscle, aesthetically speaking, what I mean by that is actually visually develop it, look to bodybuilders. Bodybuilders are experts at this. They rarely focus on the movement. They usually focus on the muscle that they're trying to work. Now, every other strength athlete, every other athlete that uses weights, every other category does not care what muscle they feel and what muscle they're trying to develop. What they're trying to do is, is lift the weight in the most efficient, safest, most effective way possible. Whether it's you're a power lifter or an Olympic lifter or a kettlebell athlete or, or a football player who lifts weights, you're not going in there to make your glutes look nicer. You're going in there to get stronger at the movement. It's totally, totally different. So if you lift weights like somebody who is movement-focused, you're going to have to move your focus from the movement and just focus on the muscle. So one of the best ways to do that is what we're talking about. If it's the glutes you have a hard time feeling, do an exercise before you do your squats or your deadlifts that you can actually feel the glutes. This may be tube walking. It may be, like Adam said, dog pee or donkey right. kickback. It may be a hip thrust. Hip bridging. Yeah. Hip bridging. You might, you might have to go light on hip thrust, by the way. I've actually worked with people where if we go too heavy on a hip thrust, they, feel it in the, they still feel it in their hamstrings, and believe it or not, 
in their quads are so quad dominant that the quads still yeah, are hip, doing hip flexors a lot, all that stuff. So do a movement to where you, you can actually feel the glutes working more than any other part of your body. You can feel the squeeze. You can feel the burn. Focus on the squeeze part of the movement. That's typically when whenever I've worked with a client where they have a muscle that's underdeveloped, it's they typically have a hardest time connecting to the muscle when it's in its shortened position. So focus on the squeeze, squeeze the muscle, get it to burn, get so to the point where you you ingrain in your mind at that moment, I know what my glutes feel like when they're active. Mm-hmm. Then go do your squat and then forget the weight. Take your weight off the bar, uh, go with light, don't worry about it, whatever, it's just a, a means to an end. Do your squat and rather than trying to squat well, squat really good, focusing on the movement, squat in a way to where you can feel your glutes working. Typically, this means you have to go a lot lighter. You're going to have to slow down the reps. That's okay. Do this for a while. What will end up happening is you'll start to learn how to connect your glutes. It could take a second. It could take you a couple months of training. But then when you really start to feel the glutes and it becomes more like second nature, then you can start adding weight to the bar and start lifting more and more weight. And then what you'll see is that the muscle starts to respond and react. Now, the other thing I want to say is this. Sometimes you just might have genetics where a muscle is not going to develop as well as other muscles. It might not necessarily be a connection thing, although it usually is. So what I mean by that is you, you'll see better results, but don't expect all of a sudden your glutes to explode and react like every other part of your body. You still may have a, a little bit of a tough time because you know we have different muscle shapes and and our genetics can dictate a lot of how well we respond. I to also exercise. can't. I also can't see this person squatting right now either. And there's there there could be potential cues that could really help. Um, I know that uh, you know I even taught squatting bad uh, in early years of training because you know all of our certifications would talk about you know not letting the knees go over right. the toes and Stop so at 90. and so you would teach a client like I mean, I even remember kneeling down while they squatted and would put my hands in front know, of their shins in front of their shins and as soon as they, I'd say as soon as my, you your knees hit my hands you know push your hips back and not allow their knees to travel forward. And the problem with that, like knowing now and really understanding what I was doing, is I I was not allowing their knees to travel over their toes, which then was causing them to forward lean yeah. more in order to do that. Then you, then you move the bar over the top of your quads more, which makes it even more difficult to fill the glutes. So looking at your squat and seeing if you're somebody that knows how to open up the hips, let the knees travel forward so you can sit down. So when you're at the bottom of a squat, that barbell is directly over the butt, and the butt is what's having to drive it up out of the hole yeah. versus somebody who let doesn't let their knees come forward, slides the hips so far back, only goes down to 90, the chest comes forward. Now the barbell is directly over, almost over the knee and over the quad more than anything else, and then it turns into a really, it's really tough for you to feel it. And then you're trying to feel it in your butt, yeah. really tough to do. So the isolation exercises for the butt, and then also... Uh, really looking at your your squat and how you are doing your squat because that can make a big difference too. Yeah, that's a good point. I totally remember like just that one inch of more depth was like game changer for a lot of my clients. And that was like, I had to then kind of break the rules a little bit and go a little past 90 sometimes. And uh, after that, I was like, man, so much more engagement there. So much more engagement that I feel it finally. So yeah, it could be a mechanical thing. I also like... Uh, so to, to teach somebody to, because, uh, you know, we, we're saying like, hey, after you do this, you feel your butt, then go into the squat and try and, and think and feel your butt. And some people are just, I, just, I can't do it. I can't do it. 
I used to love to teach a, a single leg stand up from the seated position. Uh, it's a really good spot to like engage the butt first. You'll feel when you, and I'd sit him down on just like a regular bench and then try to get as vertical as possible. Have you stand up with yeah. one leg? And yeah. when you stand up with, and you know, if you're, you, if you're not strong enough to do one leg at a time, then you could start with, with both trying to get up off the bench. But this is why, uh, in maps anabolic, there is the, um, in the, um, pre-phase you have the box squats is to get somebody to engage the glutes from the seated position like that uh, that used to be kind of a trainer trick to help people feel it in their glutes is start them at the bottom tell them to push off with the heel and the butt at to get off the bench that kind of helps you get kind of engaged with the glutes to drive out of that next question is from taylor samudio how do you guys feel about the daily practice of things like 50 to 100 push-ups I like it. Actually, I um, I picked this question mainly because of what we were talking about earlier about not getting enough activity. And I honestly feel like for me, I've already started things like this in terms of squats or push-ups or lunges or like little things that are like moderately intense. But really, it's like a frequency builder. It's the same sort of a concept as like our trigger sessions, things like that, where um, like I want to get good at, you know, push-ups again. I want to get good at pull-ups again. So I just make opportunities throughout the day to just, you know, be conscious of that and try and gain those movements and still like incorporate that on a daily basis. You know, it's funny as a, as a young trainer, I'd probably scoff at this. Totally. totally yeah. And today I would be the complete, complete op- difference. I, I love this. Uh, it reminds me of the conversation that we had with Ben Greenfield probably about a year ago. The one before last, I think that we interviewed him. And we all went around and we're kind of like sharing things like this. Mm-hmm. And he's he's notorious for this also. And I think that's just a part of getting older and and, and, and wiser and, and realizing that not everybody's 22 and loves going to the gym seven days a week. And so if I can create uh, good habits like and practices like this that you will – like if I can teach you to – do a hundred push-ups right after you brush your teeth, and it becomes a thing you do every fucking day for the rest of your life. Oh my god, the the benefits of that. Mm-hmm. Sure, you're not going to get the max bench press from that. You're not going to have pecs like a bodybuilder just from doing that. But that habit is so good for you, just from a calorie burning perspective, keeping your muscle mass in that area. Such a Keep good sending the signal. Such a good good habit, and that and so that's the stuff that I think we speak to more today is. You know, trying to help help people create practices and behaviors that are things that they do for the rest of their life. And if you're more likely to create a practice like this and never miss it, even more so than the guy who's going to go to the gym five to six days a week every single week for the rest of their life, then I, I see a ton of value in stuff like this. You you would be surprised at how effective stuff like this is. Um, the the of daily practices of treating exercise like a practice or like a skill. You would be shocked at how effective this is. This is one of the best ways, for example, whenever somebody asks me, how do I get better at pull-ups? Because pull-ups are really hard. Yeah. I tell them, get a pull-up bar, put it in your house, and every time you walk by it, do one pull-up. You know, Do 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 an easy pull-up, but do a pull-up and practice it and watch what happens. The strength gains you get from practicing these movements on a daily basis are astounding. This is how a lot of guys used to work out back in the day. Um, mm-hmm. The famous judoka uh, Kimura, uh, who the Kimura uh, uh, shoulder lock was named after. The Gracies named a shoulder lock after this guy after he broke uh, Helio Gracie's arm uh, with this particular uh, sh- shoulder lock. Used to do something like a 1,000 push-ups and a 1,000 squats every single day. He was a 220-pound. This was way before you know protein powders even. 
um, and the dude was a beast. Herschel Walker was known for yeah, doing right, uh, a thousand push-ups and a thousand sit-ups every single day. Have you guys seen what he looks like today? Yeah, uh, yeah. amazing. Fifties. He's like fifth, late fifties. Oh, that he's fin- I mean, incredible shape. Of course, the guy's a genetic phenom, also. But yeah. he had this daily practice. If you look at uh, blue-collar workers who've been doing their jobs for for decades, look at the body parts that correspond to the to the the activity that they're doing. Look at the hands and the forearms of a mechanic or uh, somebody swinging a hammer all day long. They may be out of shape everywhere else in their body, but you look at their forearms, and they have forearms that will you know rival an amateur bodybuilder. These daily practices have tremendous value. Now, the key is to not go crazy with them. What I mean mm-hmm. by that is if, if 50 push-ups all at once for you is your max, that's not what you do every day. If your max is 50 push-ups at one, at, at one sitting, here's what I suggest you do. Do 10 push-ups Ten. five times a day. Mm-hmm. Five times a day, do 10 push-ups. In the morning, wait a couple hours, do 10 more. Wait a couple more hours, do 10 more. So do 50 a day, spread out the whole day. Do that every single day. Watch what happens to the amount of push-ups you could do. Watch what happens to your tricep, shoulder, and pec development. It'll blow your mind. Um, so this has tremendous... There he is right there. Look at Herschel Walker. How old is he? He's 53. In, the, Beast. in that picture, he's 53. Yeah, a few years ago. That's Whatever. Yeah, so he's in his mid-50s now. I mean, the guy looks... Uh, it was a he phenomenal. He fought in the UFC for a minute, too. In, in his 50s. Yeah. And he won. Yeah, insane. Yeah. Uh, so these are phenomenal practices. I think this is even more valuable for the average person... I do. ...than going to the gym. I do, too. If because I, it's, because if, it's a behavior that you're, you're yes. more likely... I mean, it's we, a lifestyle at that point. There, I mean, there's there's already studies to support that, we, and we've talked about this before, that you know, attaching a behavior to another, uh, already a habit, like brushing your teeth, like eating a meal, like something you already do, if you can attach a new behavior, and it doesn't need to be an hour long, it could literally be two minutes of getting down and doing 50 to 100 push-ups, if you can make that like brushing your teeth for rest of life, the carryover benefits of that for long longevity is unbelievable. Oh, this is this was again the inspiration for trigger sessions, and you know I'm doing them again more recently. Um, I haven't been able to do them three times a day like I like to, but I've been doing two a day, and it always blows me away. It blows mm-hmm. me away. Part of the reason is I'm active, I'm more active, so I'm doing you know an eight minute workout twice a day. It's 16 more minutes of activity than before. It's also the muscle building signal I'm getting. I'm getting stronger at my trigger sessions, which is making me stronger in my traditional workouts. The energy boost you get is that, insane. That's another huge plus. Oh, I, that, and that's another carryover that you don't think about. Pay attention, like if you're the type of person who's kind of sluggish in the morning, and and I've done this before. Like I've done this where oh, I'm, every day I'm going to do 50 or 100 push-ups and see what happens. Like one of the biggest things that I notice more than getting stronger and better at my push-ups is. If I get down and I do that, when I get done, the spike in energy oh, yeah. and mood that I get afterwards, which I know has to carry over into all of the things that I'm doing. Like totally. now, instead of like going over and just sitting on the couch and being lazy about something, like I'm I'm more likely to get up and go clean something in the house or be more active. Yep. That's the stuff that we just can't we can't really measure that or calculate that out. That does happen. No, it's it, think about it this way. Let's say your goal is to exercise for 30 minutes every single day. It's also easier on your schedule to split that workout up. If you instead of doing a 30-minute workout every morning, do 10 minutes in the morning, 10 minutes in the afternoon, 10 minutes in the evening. Much easier to accomplish. It's a small chunk. It's like a little break. Like you're gonna go do your 10-minute act- activities, do it every single day. Watch what happens. It's actually it's one of the what I would consider like a secret way to work out and get phenomenal results without having to go to the gym, is exactly what we're talking about. Next question is from Jalen's four. When performing deadlifts, should they be taken to failure or leave two in the tank? 
I don't think going to failure on most exercises is a, is a great idea most of the time. I think there was a, a part of that that was missing. It was grip, uh, considering grip on there. Okay, yeah, I, I couldn't understand the question otherwise. Oh, yeah. oh, I think I read this question. Yeah, I, did. So, I did. I did too. He was asking about should like, you go until your grip fails. Yes, right. that's what it was. So let's say the rest of your body is okay. You think you could pull more, but your grip. No, no, no. Uh, when when your grip fails, the the deadlift is over. So when we say stop your reps, uh, your, stop your set two reps short of failure, that means stop your set two reps short of you being able to uh, uh, failing and not being able to do the exercise anymore. If that means your grip is the weakest link, then that's what dictates when you stop. Well, and if and if you've ever gone beyond that, because I've pushed those limits before, it, you'll notice first of all, very few people have the exact same strength in both hands. Normally, you have a little bit better grip in the other hand. So what happens on a deadlift when you start to lose grip is you start to lose more gr grip in one side than the other, and that starts to that bar starts to roll down in those fingers. And if you're still and maybe I can still squeeze two more out, but now my right hand, let's say, is my weaker, and it's it's barely gripping onto the bar. What does that do to the bar? The bar ends up dropping yeah. a quarter of an inch down. Well, that could affect your QL. Oh yeah, stabilize exactly. Everything. That yeah. runs all the way through your kinetic chain. Now that's it, you're going to be that's you're at much higher risk trying to rip out one or two more reps because just because you think your back can handle the load but your grip is going is going out as soon as that if i feel like i'm starting to lose grip on yeah. either hand that's i'm done if that's the weakest link that's the one that you want to start building in these frequency builders of like ways to incorporate strength for your grip like you know farmer carries things like that i know sal you did a really in-depth uh video about grip of ways to incorporate more exercises for that there's a video on my instagram just like I don't know, maybe less than 15, 20 videos ago. It's a de I'm deadlifting. I get seven reps. I was trying to get eight. And if you see, I set the weight down. You, it looks like I'm. I don't go to failure. Like you don't see my breakdown in my form. What you can't see is I feel my grip go. I don't have another. That's why you're done. So I'm done. Yeah. And you see me step over the bar, and I kind of get. I have like a frustrated look on my face. That the reason why I shared that video was I, I set it down because I, I couldn't get to my eight. But you can't see that on my mechanics. My my form on my deadlift looks still great mm -hmm. all the way through that rep. But I'm already starting to lose grip on the bar, and I set it down, and you see kind of this frustration of oh my grip yeah. wasn't there. It's funny because the grip. I would say if we were to compare ourselves to past generations, that's probably where you'll notice the largest decrease in strength. Yeah. Uh, because uh, manual labor, right? All the manual labor that we used to have to do, even at home, even if you weren't, uh, you know, out, you know, chopping wood or breaking rocks, washing clothes. Have you guys ever washed clothes on an old school, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, board, washing no, board or whatever? Dude, can't say Okay. I so I did. I went to Italy when I was, uh, I was this, this time I think I was 19 and my grandma had one outside. She had a washing machine too, but she still liked to use it for certain clothes. So I went out there and I asked her, can I try this out? Whatever. I could not believe the work that, yeah. <laughs> that it entailed on my grip, on my shoulder, my shoulders. Our hands are so weak nowadays, but the capacity for strength that we have in our hands is exceptional. It will take some time. When I first stopped using wrist straps uh, years ago, it took me about a year and a half for my grip to catch up to the rest of my body. But I was consistent. I let my grip dictate how much weight I used when I worked out my back. No, I didn't lose back gains or anything like that. I maintained myself pretty well. But my hands got stronger and stronger and stronger. And now that my grip is really strong, I, I feel far more connected to my lifts. Now, that all being said, the recommendation that we give to going to failure is true for pretty much any exercise you do. 
Going to failure is just too much intensity for most people. Studies support it. Going to failure does not result in better progress. In fact, it oftentimes results in worse progress. It's just too much for the body. So you want to stop your set when you think you have maybe two more reps and then you're going to fail. Now, there are exercises you can get away with more intensity than others. They tend to be the isolation exercises. Going to failure uh, on a set of shoulder laterals, side laterals, isn't going to potentially have the detrimental effect of like an overhead press going to failure or a squat. So if you like to push the intensity, you can do that with the isolation movements more than you can with the compound ones. Next question is from Captain Unimpressive. <laughs> How do you go about fixing externally rotated feet? You guys ever train dancers? Yes. Oh, man. Yes. That, I, I've definitely had a few clients like that where they could turn their feet all the way oh. like this. Oh, that's how they stand. They always yeah. want to pivot out to get uh, to, to, to balance and to, yeah. s- to stabilize. Yeah. I had, a, I, uh, I've worked with a few, but I remember the first time I worked with uh, a dancer, the external rotation that she had and, and that dominated her movements was like a conundrum for me at the time. I remember thinking, like, how do I. Yeah. work with this. She's got such good mobility and stability when we squat. Is that really good form? Even though her feet were really turned out, I couldn't figure it out. I remember consulting with one of my uh, my my coworkers who had been a trainer for years, was also a physical therapist, and he kind of walked me through what to do. What you'll notice with rotated uh, feet, feet that turn out, uh, oftentimes is the knees also like to go apart oh, yeah. when they do exercises. So here's a simple exercise. Well, this is we. This is more rare. We've talked about yeah. the band or the ba- basketball between your legs. Yes. This is the case where you use the basketball, and that's what that's what I was just going to say. It's, this isn't going to be great for everybody, but for a lot of people with this issue, here's I've had a, a lot of these. Though it's weird. Have, have you yes, really? I have. This yeah. is more. This rare. is more common for clients I've had. Wow. wow yeah. Than pronating. Yeah. Yes. Oh wow. So yeah, yeah, I've been more. dealing with this a lot. I, I would. I'm, I'm with you, Adam, but I have had it. Uh, a few times. So great exercise. You could do with a physio ball wall squat is where you put the, the big, you know, Swiss ball up against the wall, put your small of your back against it, mm-hmm. feet away from it. So you can squat down and come up, keeping your back straight and then have uh, place a, a, a medicine ball or a pillow or something in between your na- knees. So you have to squeeze together as you do the squat to encourage you know that kind of uh, you know that kind yeah. of hip activation. Before we even get started on you know any squatting day or anything, I typically I'll take like a rubber band and I'll do a lot of adduction um, uh, and you know and get the the everything primed in terms of like internally like moving everything inwards and then uh, yeah stuff like that and then we'll we'll do hip bridges all the time like squeezing a, a soft medicine ball. Um, so yeah, just constant stuff like that. And then also just like, I have her do a lot of walking patterns because, um, you know, you could just see it already. Like the, the tendency wanting to externally rotate even on every single step. And oh, so yeah. just to have that sort of intention and then, uh, you know, bring the feet in, in good alignment and, you know, th- there's a whole process to it. And it's just like constant thing because so many hours and so many years have been put into these pivoting moves that you're just going against like, completely hardwired system. Yeah. yeah. So I, I love those movements as corrective. And then I like strength building stuff to be like single, single leg stuff. So doing yeah. like a single leg toe Keeping touch. Keeping everything straight. Yeah. So, so like you, yeah, out. exactly. So they, they're, they're going to start to work on, so doing a single leg deadlift, single leg toe touch, pistol squat, like doing movements like that. Um, after you've done the corrective work, like we're talking about, because the exercises we're talking about now are a more corrective to like address What's going on for me though? That that was more rare. So that's crazy. That it was uh, it was very rare. I had to do 
that uh, duck feel and it was probably dancers and you're probably yeah. right like the people that all were, of them i can think of were dancers mm-hmm. yeah. most common for me is the internal rotation and pronation of the feet like oh that's, it's interesting when you work with an athlete uh you can see how their body has formed around their sport and dancers you know i've worked with a, a, a ballet dancer um and that's the one i was talking about where her feet were super turned out very naturally and her posture was so exaggerated mm-hmm. her, her 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 posture was so tall and so exaggerated that it was actually uh, we had to correct that with with exercise because it was too much. It was too much of this head tall type of posture. So I had to work on offsetting that. Did a little she bit. have knee issues as well? Knee issues yes. because of that, uh, uh, and and some neck and, and and shoulder issues also. So we had to work on some of that. But another thing you can do is you can focus on internally rotating. Uh, very basic, laying on the floor, mm-hmm. and your feet want to go out right. Take one of your legs, turn your t- keeping your legs straight. Turn your foot as far in as you possibly can without turning your body, yeah. and create that tension. Hold that for a good five to six seconds, and then relax, and then do it again. Just connect. Oh, yeah. so I'm gonna I'm gonna add one to that. So like even like our hip hinging move. Like so, if you look at like a waiter's bow, but I'm gonna bring one leg forward up on so the toes up, and, the, and you're on the heel and your legs straight, and then I'm adding that tension and I'm like turning my whole leg in oh, so yeah. I get that hip internal rotation. I believe you did a YouTube video on that. I think so. Yeah, I think that was back when we were doing videos at the other gym. I think you yeah. did. I think you did a good yeah. video on that. We have one from Serene coming that is a move I've actually never seen. I forget. I, I don't know. What she called it but i was just i was watching eli edit it uh yesterday and loved it so it should be when this episode goes live it'll probably be coming in that that week or so uh whoever asked this question if you follow up with me and you don't find it um i'll, I'll find it it's for funny you. i remember i worked with a boxer once and um or no i've actually worked with a few boxers and boxers just have this forward shoulder position oh yeah it's, it's beneficial when you're boxing you yeah. got to keep your shoulders oh, up yeah. and, and forward to cover yourself up it's your guard yeah but when they when we're doing exercise or whatever it's like okay that's the pro that's the problem now here's the other thing too if you're a trainer and you're listening if that person you're training has these attributes uh, or these these movement patterns related to their sport and they're still competing at a high level with their sport be careful of overcorrecting the yeah, problem yeah, yeah because yeah. you can actually reduce you can because a baller, a ballerina with really externally rotated feet. If she's performing at a high level, it's advantageous you, for her. It's advantageous. If, if you try to correct it too much, same thing with a boxer. The forward oh. shoulder. If I have him stand with good posture, fix that real good, and then he goes in and gets a boxing match, and now it's not natural for him to cover himself up like he was before. Right. It can cause problems. So typically, these were people that I worked with when they were done. Yeah, when they're done, they're just trying to live normal now. That's it. And with that, go to mindpumpfree.com and download all of our guides, resources, and books. They're all totally free. You can also find the three of us on Instagram. You can find Justin at Mind Pump Justin. You can find me at Mind Pump Sal and Adam at Mind Pump Adam. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee 
And you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support. And until next time, this is Mind Pump.